4: Blog Talk Radio.
5: to bringing you the absolutely best information possible on rifle marksmanship, rifle safety, and the things that you can do to, to help safeguard the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation, the greatest nation on the face of the earth, affords you. Well, I'm glad everybody's uh, listening tonight. I hope that, uh, I hope I can get the uh, the chat to open up for me so I can see what... Uh, what folks are saying on it i I be short they call screener tonight my co-host he's uh, stuck out in the desert out in Las cruces, New Mexico will be sorely missed, but that gives uh that gives folks a chance to uh if you want to call in if you're a uh, a white person that wants to call in and, and uh mention something about uh trying to shoot at a black person or a black person that wants to call in and talk about the evils white folks, and I'm completely wide open. Uh, there will be nothing between
0: you and me. You're
5: guaranteed to get on. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Chuck Undersea, the director of the movie be- uh, Behold a Pale Horse, will be our guest tonight. Uh, he'll be on in just a little while, and... Uh, uh, the movie is really a pretty fantastic uh, movie, and let me say too that uh, the the Seed Project is not endorsing the movie or uh, any of the opinions expressed by any of the folks uh, interviewed in the movie. Uh, but Appleseed is a part of the movie, not because uh, not because we're there to validate anything anybody else is saying, but because we're there to get our message out. All right. We're there to get out the message of Appleseed. And uh, so it's uh, it's, uh, it's not going to hurt you to, to have an open mind and take a look at this movie. Uh, and I just closed the... I just closed the... Uh, the... Uh, just closed the window that had the the movie trailer on it. But uh but I'll get that in a minute. We'll announce that uh in just a minute here. And
4: uh
5: there we go. Alright, uh, I got the chat room to open. So uh if you guys uh if you guys have any questions you can put in the chat and uh and I'll try and keep an eye on the chat and watch that and I'll keep an eye on the uh on the switchboard too. Now, if you're on the switchboard and uh, uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to see, uh, screen the calls or have the call screen or check them. So if I open up your mic, you don't have to hang up or anything, but uh, uh, I'll just ask you if you've got anything you want to say. And uh, if you don't want to say anything, you don't have to say anything. Or if you're just want to say, I'm just listening, that's fine, too. And, and, uh, and I guarantee you you'll receive no injuries from... Uh, from speaking over the radio. So if you want to call in, our number is 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. And we'll begin the show just like we always do. We've got uh, a few minutes here where this is the time that we uh, get folks to... uh, to call in to give thanks to their local crew guys, and they're them a pound in the back, Congratulations. Somebody just passed their PC. Uh, if somebody just shot to Rifleman Standards. Uh,
0: somebody has been doing a
5: great job in helping to run events, anything like that around there. Then call in and let the rest of us know uh, what a great person that you have working on your local crew, because they're all great folks.
4: Uh
5: and nobody's getting paid to do this. We're, the folks are doing it uh, out of the kindness of their heart, out of their sense of responsibility to their fellow man and to their nation. But nonetheless, uh, nobody doesn't like a pat on the back. So be sure and let the folks who are working hard, let the folks know that you've noticed it, and, uh, and give them a shout-out over the air. If you'd like to talk about... Uh, or give a, uh an AAR for an event that you just uh, ran, or, or uh, uh, just an update on your area. And we'd like to have that too, all right? We always like hearing about uh, uh, how uh, the program is going in the different states, all right? So once again, the number is 347-308-8790. Okay, I'm going sure show that again. 347 three, 8790 eight, There we go. The only reason you didn't hear me uh, slow down because I was typing while I was doing it. The only reason you didn't hear me slow down is because I was typing what I was saying. Otherwise, I would have gone into that kind of zombie mode. alright zero eight eight seven nine zero. And there's 50 lines waiting for you to call in all right uh and I'll tell you too that the uh when I talk about our the local guys, the local cruiser in Texas stuff when I mention them on the on the air
4: they never fail. they
5: always say thanks, and they always say they really appreciated that. That's the same thing that your guys are gonna say to you they're gonna say thanks thanks for uh for calling in thanks for mentioning me on the air thank you for for recognizing. Uh, that I'm doing, that I'm working hard for you guys, okay? Uh, okay, so I'm Vital Liberty, uh, uh, and uh, let's see, Ed Healer, uh, any of the rest of you guys in the chat room, Spitz Dickler, Deer Crow, any of you guys in there listening, you know, you grab your phone and uh, call in so that you can tell your local crew members thank you. I'm gonna tell uh Kirk Wheeler, Spit I'm gonna tell him uh tell you guys how much I appreciate him. Kirk it does the uh, uh the graphics and a lot of the uh the design work for Apple uh, if you see the trifold, that is Kirk's baby. He did a great job on that. Every time I look at it, it's like a, I love it. It's like a piece of beautiful artwork to me. All the billboards there are for Revelation, All right, Kirk designed those too. And uh, I think that they're absolutely beautiful. He does a great job. And uh, he also helps us out uh, at Battle Road. That's the uh, shooting company that uh, my buddy, Mark Martinez, who's also an alpha-seed instructor, and he and I started together. And uh, you can find out more about that at com. All right? And, uh, uh, Kirk has been helping us out with that, too, with working on, uh, graphics and video and stuff like that. And I'm going to talk to him, uh, later tonight or tomorrow about, uh, turning some photographs into some silhouettes to redo the, uh, the main page on our web page. I know he's listening right now, so that's why I'm saying that. And, uh, uh, I want to thank uh, Doug Tibbetts. Now, Doug is sick right now. Uh, Doug Tibbetts is a veteran. He's been with the Appleseed program since the very beginning. He did the first boot camp at Rancher. And uh, for many years, every time I opened the gate uh, here at the develop location, Doug Tibbetts was the first one to come uh, wheeling through there. And uh, He helped set up, he did all the uh, the admin stuff. He would help with all the setup and stuff like that. Uh, He didn't do a lot of stuff on the line because he was very sick, and he still is. Doug is a Vietnam veteran, and uh, he is a Marine. And praise the Lord, uh, he managed to stay out of the path of almost every bullet and fragment in Vietnam. I say almost because he didn't didn't make it 100%. And nonetheless, that war is still reaching its claws out uh, forty years later and digging into him, and it's, it's determined it's going to kill him. And it's going to, it's going to kill him. As sure as the sun is going to set tonight and rise tomorrow, that war is going to kill Doug, and uh, and that's sad news because he's a good man, and. Uh, I want to thank Doug because uh, he was he was always there. He's always uh, ready to help out. Always ready to do anything he could to help with the program. Uh, he went and made copies and stuff and paid his own way on uh, on making flyers and copies and, and things like that.
4: And
5: I probably have uh, forty or fifty photographs of him
4: because uh, of him
5: sleeping on the firing line.
4: Because,
5: uh, he would, uh, get everything going for us and he'd bring a chair down to the firing line and, uh, put on his hand protection and, uh, and he would drift off to sleep. And, uh, and I've got a picture of him asleep at every apple seed. Uh, because of his, because of the, the treatment he was going through and the medication they were giving to him, it, uh, it really wore him out. But he was there to help. He was there to help all the time, and I, I just I can't thank him enough, and
0: uh, and I love
5: him. I love him like a brother. So, Doug, thank you, my brother, and, uh, and I'll talk to you, and I'll see you soon, all right? <clears throat> all right, once again, the number is 347-308-8790, and I've got uh, several callers here. I was going to go ahead and start putting you on. Like I said, don't freak out. If I open up your mic and
4: uh, tell you to come on. If you
5: want to talk, just don't say anything. And I'll, I'll close the mic. I'm not going to hang up on you. You can stay on the line. But uh, uh, All right. Uh, area code 770. You're on the air? Hello, this
3: is Chris from Northeast Georgia. How are you? I'm just Andy. What was did you say your name was? My name is Chris? Chris? Okay, are you with the Appleseed Project? I am not. Uh I got in uh, I heard about your radio blog because of one of the Appleseed uh I guess they would be a volunteer.
5: And I'm looking uh-huh.
3: forward to attending my first Appleseed in Toccoa, Georgia here September first and second.
5: No kidding. Well, congratulations. You know, I always love the tocoa site just because uh uh because of the connection to uh uh Banner Brothers. Uh mm-hmm. I I believe that's the, uh I believe that's one of the sites or one of their jump sites and stuff there. Wow. Well, welcome to the show, Chris. What do you got? Uh you got a question or a comment or what do you know? No, got I for? just
3: wanted I really wanted to thank the Revolutionary War Veterans Administration and all the Appleseed volunteers for what they're doing. As a time, uh shooter, I, I would like to think of myself as a marksman. Maybe September first and second we'll find out otherwise. Um as I'm sitting here at my reloading bench, getting ready for all that, but uh, but I have never done a formal shooting event since I got out of small bore indoor competition at age 16. So I'm I'm in my uh, early to mid 30s now, and uh, and just really looking forward to it. I enjoy shooting uh, all manner of firearms, and, and just really enjoy uh, the, the volunteer spirit that seems to be prevalent uh, with the Appleseed Project and, and the very concept of of our country being founded on riflemen and an independent spirit.
4: And obviously in light of
3: the Supreme Court decision and other things going on in America, we won't spoil the mood too heavily with politics here, but uh, we're, we're certainly in need of an independent spirit. And uh, that seems to permeate the Appleseed events. Though I've not attended, uh, my my knowledge is based on reading on the internet, uh, a few emails that I have observed from another friend who's communicated with the volunteers, and, and just scouring the internet for YouTube and related videos. It just seems like something that uh, that I want to be a part of, not only to test my skills, but uh,
5: but hopefully. Oh yeah, you're you know, gonna you're interested. gonna absolutely enjoy yourself, Chris, because the. Uh, Apple Appleseed project is uh, you can read about it and I can tell you all about it, but you know what I've, I've found out is that uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like that first bite of you know when you get a you get a loaf of bread out of the oven just finished baking and you bring it up and you're just sitting there looking at it, waiting for it to cool down just enough so you can tear a chunk off you tear a chunk off and you bite into that fresh uh, baked bread and man. It is absolutely delicious. And I can tell you about it all day, but you're never going to understand what I'm talking about until you take a bite yourself.
4: And that's kind of the way it is
5: with Appleseed. And the Appleseed Project, the events, are they are—they really are absolutely uh, a fun time. It's a very casual thing. It's, uh, it's not a competition. You're not competing against anybody other than yourself. And it's all done by folks, by good hearted folks, uh, who are all volunteers. They've, they're, nobody's getting paid to do this. Everybody's doing it because they genuinely love, uh, having the chance to, uh, to share the knowledge that they've gained, uh, with, with the other folks there. And all of the folks that attend Apple Seeds are, they're absolutely, I gotta tell you, they're the best folks uh in the nation people that show up to these events are the best folks in the nation and well, we don't uh you know we don't do any any screening or anything uh it just so happens that that they are and you don't have to do anything special before you come to an apple seed rice markmanship event you don't have to do any preparation or anything like that i get folks all the time to tell me uh yeah, you know, I really want to go, but I need to practice some before I go, and you know, and do this, or I need to sight in my rifle. And there's really nothing that you need to do. Uh, everything that you, everything that you, you're going to need is we're going to tell you, and and it's going to happen there. You're going to sight in your rifle there. We're going to teach you all the stuff that uh, uh, that we'd like you to know, <laughs> and uh, and it is fast paced because. We got a ton of stuff that we're trying to to get to, but we don't leave anybody behind.
4: All right, we now, uh, I mean, just
5: out of curiosity. I, I didn't mean to interrupt.
3: There's a there seems to be a phone delay here, so finish if you need to. Oh, go ahead. It seems that they suggest the 22 rimfire for for obvious reasons, uh, cost uh, being being a major part of it, and obviously uh, virtually no recoil whatsoever certainly being attractive is there a benefit to shooting an entire 2-day Appleseed only with the rimfire can i still qualify as rifleman or do i yeah. is that, or would it be yeah. would it be beneficial Absolutely. for me to bring or my centerfire
5: for day the, 2 the apple project was it was never really intended for rimfire the apple project right. was a centerfire rifle program and uh, and we eventually altered it and and started running the rim fires because of the tremendous increase in ammunition. You know, ammunition began its rise and it outperformed all of the precious metals and everything else uh, on its rise. And uh, the cost became so prohibitive, we said, to get folks to, sh- to, to shoot, we're going to have to do something. <clears throat> and... uh and allowing the rimfire in was not that big of a jump because all of these skills, all the techniques that you're going to learn uh, when you're shooting rimfire at 25 meters are all going to translate directly to your centerfire rifle. Now, it's not always a reverse case it isn't always true. Just because if you're a good centerfire rifle shooter, that doesn't make you a good small-bore shooter. You could be, but it doesn't make you one. But if you can master the skills and techniques, with the rimfire, fire and you can do it with the center fire. So the first uh benefit is the cost. Instead right. of uh because we shoot a great deal at an event, we'll shoot uh, five hundred plus rounds. Uh so instead of having it to cost you between three hundred and six hundred dollars to for the ammunition, we've burned it down where you can shoot it for 20, 25 bucks. And right. uh and it also allows you to – it allows uh, a lot of folks who may not be ready to run 500 rounds through a centerfire rifle to begin learning the skills and techniques there on the line. I just had a 7-year-old girl that uh, that just blew me away at the last event here in develop because she hung on to that rifle uh, for 600 rounds She didn't miss anything She didn't stop She was always there ready Always had her mags ready Everything uh, And there's no way she could have done that With a center fire rifle There's no way
4: And and a lot
5: of women And I'm not going to say anything about women Not being able to fire center fire rifles Because they can I'm just saying a lot of women uh, By virtue of being women Have smaller frames And uh the center fire rifles are, are a bit rough on them. So, that's why we're doing uh, the rimfire and uh and that being said, I'll still tell you this that it also nothing beats uh, you know attending an apple seed. You know, you can attend an apple seed and shoot your uh, rimfire rifle, but nothing uh, is going to beat attending an apple seed and shooting through the whole thing with your center fire either. Because most Bye. folks, don't, uh, they don't go to the range and say, okay, I'm going to burn up 500 rounds today, uh, or you know, today and tomorrow. I'm going to burn up 500 rounds. They just don't do it. They'll shoot 20 rounds, and they'll shoot 500. And there's a big difference in you getting your rifle and shooting 20 rounds and you getting your rifle and shooting 500 rounds. There's a complete world of difference in that. I went to the now, how about the, the ranges that they
3: practice at? I presumably, and I'm going to get the exact number off, but somewhere in that 24, 25-meter range is what I read on the Appleseed website, if I recall correctly, for the rimfire. Do they do 25 meters for centerfire, or do they start the centerfire uh, shooters out at a different range? You
5: no, know, all of the uh, all of the instruction is done at 25 meters for everybody. The reason we do okay. that is because we have all the targets scaled down and right. we want to be able to get the uh the feedback as rapidly as possible. And right. so if we were shooting uh one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, uh it takes a long time to go down there, check your uh check your target for holes, and get the data and come back. Uh you can do the same thing at twenty five meters, eighty uh uh, eighty two feet with your uh center fire rifle and use you your early rifle twenty five meters and, it's, and that you'll have your battle sight zero which would be uh, anywhere from two fifty to three hundred depending on the rifle that you're shooting so so bringing your rim fire shooting uh, shooting through the course with your rim fire is great
0: and then if you want to
5: come to another event to shoot with your center fire you can or you can shoot your rimfire on Saturday, and then bring your centerfire to the line on Sunday,
2: and then uh, shoot
5: Sunday with your centerfire.
4: Uh, so now, you wouldn't do
5: it in any number of ways.
3: Do you think that it would be best to start and end with a centerfire, or 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 for a guy who's got a reasonable amount of experience with a centerfire rifle, uh, do you think it would be detrimental to the learning to to plan on breaking it up just from a cost standpoint?
5: There, there's no. There is no detriment in in any other breakups or anything else. The only thing that's going to want to uh, make this decision for you is how much ammo are you ready to spend, and right. uh, that if you've got a big stack of ammunition, then uh, I I'll, would I'll shoot at center fire. I grab my right. center fire rifle and say, "I'm going to shoot this center fire. I'm going to I'm going to burn it up center fire." Uh, my if only you, iron sight is. Go ahead. My only
3: iron-sided centerfire um, is either a Mosin nagant which I don't want to say is laughable because I, I engaged a, uh, a target roughly the size of a gallon jug offhand at 175 yards the other day. And though I connected on my third shot, my first and second, uh, we're nearly scraping this gallon jug-sized target. Um, so it's just that the Mosin leaves a lot to be desired when it comes to uh, the action of That's the right. bolt. We won't say right. well, That's, that's going to be the three only three thing is, is
5: breaking your position every time, working the bolt. If that's what you got for yeah. your center fire, then dig your rim fire. If it's a magazine uh, a uh, uh, magazine fed rim fire and learn the skills and techniques on that. And then I've uh, got a beautiful infield.
3: The issue is I only have about two hundred pieces of brass and as a reloader, my options are to bring my reloading equipment to at least scale it down specifically to
5: load three oh three Brit. Okay. No no no, 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 Don't do any of that. Just bring your rimfire. Bring your rimfire and shoot it with the rimfire and then uh, come to another one after that. And uh,
3: I've got an AR, and, but uh, that whole poodle shooter two twenty three thing just doesn't seem to be the spirit of a real man center fire round. All
5: right now. You're you're talking about the <laughs> talking about the the the, uh, <laughs> uh, the rifle that uh, the American soldier uh has kept all enemies for them domestic uh at bay. Uh so just, I just would bring your uh, bring you fire day and, day and day shoot day it. Learn year. skills and techniques on that. And then uh, bring your center fire to the next one. All right? Excellent. And listen, Chris, thanks for calling in and don't be uh don't be a stranger. Be sure and no call problem. in after you attend the event in Florida and let me know how it went, okay? Excellent. All right, Thank I'm you gonna so hang much. up to put you back on hold.
3: Excellent.
5: Thank you, sir. Yes sir bye Alright, we got uh, uh got another caller I'm gonna take real quick, I'm gonna take a couple of callers real quick and then uh we're going to uh, uh <coughs> to bring on uh uh Chuck Hunter C. Alright, code two one seven, you're on the air?
0: Yes, sir. Scout Comstock, oh, hey, brother Com here. Well oh, hey, how you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm doing real uh, good. Uh, The last time I was on the show, um, I was talking to you about my, my, at that time, 13-year-old son, who uh, both my daughters had qualified for rifleman a a 17-year-old daughter and a 23-year-old daughter at that time. And remember, I was sharing how he was frustrated and didn't want to come to Appleseed anymore with me? Right, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we we persisted, and I didn't really... I pushed him to get him there, but I didn't push him. We left him on the line with the other guys. Just kind of separated him, uh, left him with the other men, and um, he just qualified uh, about a month and a half ago. One of the first shoots this year, he qualified. So I have I have three rifle riflemen and myself in the house. So, well, what's his, really name? Proud. Me his, whole his name? You Well, his he's not name? on the forum right now. His name is Joshua. Um, my daughter Jennifer. Um, she just took an orange hat if you look at bloomington illinois after action report no okay. he didn't he didn't take a hat um he's not quite ready for that but jennifer if you look up bloomington illinois the guy who runs uh took a ton of pictures at that shoot and my daughter jennifer um she was doing all the uh, we actually had to break up the line there were so many shooters that day but Jennifer was helping over on one side, and I was instructing on the other side. But you'll see her in her little orange hat there, doing all the demo positions. But uh, we're well, a bunch of over here. To Jennifer, and congratulations
5: to Josh. Uh,
4: yeah. Because
5: he he not only did he uh, shoot a rifleman standard, but he has uh, he has done the most important job that a rifleman does, and that's persist. A rifleman yep. persists at the end of the day. That's what it boils down to. A rifleman always persists. He never gives up. He never quits. Uh, whatever uh, whatever task is before him, uh, he continues uh, until he uh, completes the task. He persists. Yep. Well, That's well, right.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank I, you very much. i got a word. Advice. I wanted to thank some people. Um, worstmocker is the uh, the first shoot boss we ever had. Last year was our first apple seed early April and uh, he's been the standard for me to go to any, any apple seed shoot. He's just a great guy. He's a, he's a, just a kind of laid back instructor, has all the facts right, really good teacher, uh, teaches it all by the book, and um, he's just really good. So I wanted to thank Wurstmacher and all the other guys in central Illinois that we work with here, and uh, just wanted to thank also our veterans who might be listening, men and women who served our, in our armed forces. We appreciate you more than you could ever imagine. You guys are absolute true heroes uh, of America. Well, thank you very, very much, sir.
5: And thank your daughters for me. Thank your son for me. And, and keep going. Keep sticking with it and keep persisting. God bless you and yours. And uh, and I'm not going to hang up. I'll just put you back on hold and you can either listen yes, or, thank or you, whatever sir. you want to do. And be sure and keep calling in and, uh, and giving us updates, okay? You got it. Alright, thank you very much. Alright, let me give i am I'm gonna I've got two more callers I want to run through real quick and then we're gonna bring on our guests. Uh area code seven six oh five zero zero, you're on the air? Okay, I think he was just listening. I'm pretty much sure pretty sure I recognize that number, but I not didn't, didn't want to leave him hanging there. Uh area code uh uh five one two four eight four, you're on the air? Okay, you just listen, 512-484. All right, then uh, without further ado, I want to bring on our guests tonight. We've got uh, uh, Chuck Hunter C., the uh, director for uh, Behold a Pale Horse, and uh, his lovely assistant, Anita, uh, who is the uh uh, for, I believe she's a producer and uh, and uh, one of the ramrods and uh, a jack of all trades there.
6: Uh, Chuck, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, Scout. Thanks for having us. We uh, we appreciate it and are eager to tell people about the project. And Anita, welcome to the show too.
1: Hi, Michael. It's good to hear from you.
5: Okay,
6: did I get your did I get all your titles right?
5: Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah.
6: One. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I need a jack-of-all-trades for 32 years of marriage, so... <laughs> well, I know I touched you, so I don't want to upset her. <laughs> well, listen, I have to apologize. Uh, 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 we, we live in a, a very remote area, and we're off the grid, and we have to come to town for, if we're ever on a show because of uh, reception, so hopefully it doesn't drop out. We, we decided to sort of walk the walk three or four years ago, and uh, where we live, we have... Um, we have uh, kerosene light and a wood stove and a windmill, and it's been kind of basic training for what what seems like might be on the horizon for us. Well, I've seen, I haven't been
5: to your home yet, but I've seen pictures of it, and it looks kind of like one of those kits that you guys might have bought from the Unabomber. <laughs> it's a little,
4: better,
5: it, it's actually, a little better than I'm just kidding. It's actually a beautiful, enough. a beautiful home. It's about as as beautiful and quaint as it can be. And I never would have guessed that you guys were completely off the grid by looking at the home until you told me. I mean, it, it looks – it's a beautiful home.
3: Yeah, and what we didn't have...
5: surprise me that it was in uh, – it was in Texas. It almost looked like a – I don't know, like a Pennsylvania-style barn house or something.
6: Well, what we did was we copied uh, – we built the, the... – the house off the the rock off the property and we copied a lot of the German, local German mid 19th century farmhouses and that's uh, what's called Fachwerk which is you know partial timber and, and rock fill but I I uh I moved back to Texas uh or we did um because I was working on a feature film project which I wrote Rebel Private which was about the Texas brigade during the Civil War and so I had gotten so into that whole world, I, uh, it wasn't a big transition to go to kerosene.
1: Well, he forgets to mention we have a solar system, which is a wonderful system, especially when you have, like we do in Texas, 300 days of uh, sun a year. So we yeah. gather up quite a bit of energy from that solar our solar panels, which we don't have enough of, but what the ones we have, they go into a battery system, and then we are actually able to have, um, you know, some lights and <laughs> a few things of plugging our computers and our phones and that kind of thing. And uh, but we're, we're first, we first conserve our energy. It
6: was, it was kerosene only, and, and in the last <laughs> six months we've kind of upgraded <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I've got to get one of those kerosene adapters for my computer.
5: Let me give you guys a a little bit of information About Chuck and Anita Uh, Chuck And uh, Anita uh, Have been working together for Well uh, I believe when I spoke to you earlier It's about uh, I guess about 30 plus years now In the film uh, Industry right And uh, and We
6: we just uh, Go ahead we started in, uh, I, I was, we were doing, uh, still advertising photography in Texas and made the transition to film and then, uh, and then moved to LA and we're out there for 22 years till, till, uh, 04. Right.
5: Well, about, uh, uh, well, how long's it been? It's been about a, a year, year and a half now that, uh, that Chuck and Anita asked us to come to Fredericksburg. And put on an apple seed shoot to be filmed, and they become part of this, uh, to part of the project, part of the movie. Uh, is, has it
6: been longer
5: than that? It might have been longer
6: than no, that. The project itself has been um, well. To back up, in about the time Obama became president, we we had gotten funded the Civil War film, Rebel Private, and it would have been a really nice, uh, wonderful project after two or three years in development and a bunch of money of our own. Uh, and uh, and when he became president, the people, the investors, decided that it was uh, just a little too nerve wracking of what they saw on the horizon. So they decided to put it on hold. And I was I was pretty upset because we had spent uh, most of all that we had getting to that point. And of course, anything in the film business is risky, but um, it was it was rolling, and then that happened. So, so we had. A, a, we jumped right into Bale horse because uh, in a sense to sort of fight back because for some time and, and certainly we've learned a lot since we started it, with this project's been three years in the making. It's a trilogy, three part series. But the bottom line is we we had run around with phone book size documentation and articles and the thing we have gotten off the internet about the various issues of the New World Order and and as you know, uh when you try to explain it to people that have no awareness. They kind of roll their eyes back and and uh, gloss over or glaze over. And so it, it was just the right time, the right place to jump into that because we felt sort of like when you have kids and you try and convince them, you know, uh, black is white or vice versa, they won't listen to you. If someone else tells them, they may listen. So we thought if we came up with a primer that might be uh, might be something that you could. Uh, you could hand off to someone, and and they would perhaps receive it better. And of course, in this climate we're in, political, geopolitical climate we're in, people generally are aware that we don't live in Kansas anymore. So it's that makes it a little easier for us. And so we just wanted to make this tool that people could uh, hopefully uh, use to to from a grassroots level to to wake people up because, as you know, uh, during the American Revolution, there was actually a very small percentage of the people that drove it. And if you applied that same percentage of you hear all kinds of figures, 8%, 10%, whatever it was, if you applied that same amount of uh, number of people to the population we have now, that's a whole lot of people that could stand up and, you know, be counted. And so uh, that was, I mean, that was our hope. And we're, we've just rolled it out, and it's 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 uh, looking good, but it's, it's a process. And like you were saying a minute ago, the Rifleman persists. Uh, if you want to make three feature, fin- feature film-length uh, uh, projects, uh, it, it takes an inordinate amount of time and money, especially for two people. So <laughs> we're busy all yeah. the
5: time. Well, let's talk about this for a minute. You got the uh uh for you folks who are listening, we've got the the website. If you want to look take a look at the website while we're talking, uh, give out give the website out there, Chuck. It's behold a T V. Okay. Behold a
6: Horse dot. TV. That's the the homepage. And, of course, the reference is is Revelation and the Four Horsemen, and this is the gospel truth. When I first started the project, I I really had only vaguely heard of William Cooper, who, of course, wrote a book, Behold the Pale Horse, based on New World Order issues ten years before. And I, I was purely and innocently at the time basing it on the book of Revelation, which which uh, I, I later found, of course, he did that book, but it's really irrelevant because it's, you know, the Bible is, is what you'd call public domain. <laughs> and, and, but it is a reference to that, and it has biblical perspective, although for those who, who don't care, uh, it, it is just purely historical fact uh, the issues uh, that are involved in what's going on today in our country and, and the world. Right, and what, so what you did is you got, uh, you you have pulled together a
5: group of, let's see, uh, I don't know how many all together. It looks like uh, it's about 38. You know, yeah, 38, 38 different people that you have interviewed, and and these folks have given uh, their uh, opinions on... Uh, on everything, uh, we've got. Uh, who are some of the folks? We've got uh, Lieutenant General Boykin, uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, Joyce Riley. Uh, uh,
6: we've got uh, Catherine Albrecht. Uh, we, we tried. What we did was we tried to pick people whose expertise was well known, at least in the patriot community, for a particular thing, like Jill Griffin and the and the. Uh, in the Federal Reserve, or Catherine Albrecht and RFID issues, General Boykin, who I can tell you, I, I'm retired military, and I can tell you that to have a, a lieutenant general come out on position in, in the position he has uh, openly uh, in the public is not usual. And we were so thrilled that he agreed to to do this for us. And uh, yes, but, General Boykin is pretty much of a
5: uh, he's pretty much of a living legend. He's uh... He was with the
6: first one of the first he was with the first Delta team, right?
5: And uh... Yeah,
6: he was one of the founding members of Delta Force. He he commanded later uh, all the special forces. He was in charge of capturing Noriega. He was in Grenada, he um he uh Pablo Escobar and a special operations group went went down and dealt with him. He was in the in the Iran um affair in the desert trying to rescue the hostages. He was the commander in Mogadishu uh, in what became the movie Black Hawk Down. Uh, he was. He later became or got involved in his la- last retirement years at the Pentagon, CIA, and various other things. But he's he's uh, he will tell you flat out in the film he's not Republican, he's not Democrat, he's a Christian, and and we are becoming a socialist country, and as part of a global agenda, uh, which which we're seeing unfold before our eyes. We also filmed by the way, I mean there's so many people, uh we went to Montana. We drove twenty five thousand miles over off and on over the three years, uh from Montana to South Texas to California to, to Maine. And uh, we filmed um, uh in uh in Montana we filmed Randy Weaver and Jack McClam to tell their story, their side of the story about the militarization of the police. And it is pretty pretty shattering to listen to that whole story right and
5: uh and the project got bigger and bigger right uh
4: yeah like it's I pretty said,
5: it was about a year a year and a half ago that uh that we got together with you and we brought a crew down there, about forty folks and their families, and filmed the appleseed uh segment of this because. The the show is is made up of uh interviews with all different folks. And everybody has uh everybody on there is putting in uh their own opinions or their own string of facts and opinions and uh, the same thing with AppleSeed. And uh
6: the Well the wonderful and, part about AppleSeed was that, that uh you know, we we cannot we cannot forget our our history, and and of course the mechanical part of that history is what you're teaching with the uh, Army Qualification Test. And uh, and Anita, by the way, went through I believe three apple seeds here. Luckily, they're they're local enough that we could do it. And uh, I was afraid she wouldn't get through. You know, it's the old thing I was saying about people roll their eyes. I've always tried to get Anita to to go out and shoot with me, and there was always a reason why she didn't want to. But when she got out there, I didn't think she'd last. The day and or half a day, and then well, Lydia, you pick it up. Tell him about what you experienced. Well, it
1: turned out that I was more competitive than I thought, and I got out there and I was tired. But when I saw what the goal was, <laughs> the first day you have fun and you kind of learn to do different, you know, shoot from different. Positions and all these different things you learn and loading and unloading and then it speeds up and it goes faster and faster. And by the next day, you're actually, uh, you know, trying to do your very best on the target. And when I recognize that's what we were doing, I really got into it and it was very fun. Although I'm still not that good, I almost made um, the first level. I was pretty close.
5: Well, yeah, but <laughs> but just did a getting great familiar. Job in
1: it's getting familiar uh, and with then the you guys both
5: came up and you came and you shot here uh, uh, one day. Well, what about uh, about a month ago? You both came up and shot. Yeah, pistols.
1: All day of pistols. Yeah, and that helped me a lot too. And um, yeah, so I'm I'm just a typical female that.
0: I, let
6: me know. let me tell you another example of, of I can say something to someone and they won't get it. Someone else says it and it works. When we went out to to. Scout's ranch to play a little bit. uh I, I kind of tricked her because I said, "Oh, we'll we'll just go out and hang out a little bit." But then we got there, and of course, obviously, the game was to hit some targets. And and he had her firing a Glock 19, I think. Probably fired 300 rounds, 400 rounds, and then he said, "Oh, well, let's try some other stuff." So he gives her a 12 gauge and AK. Uh, I think she's fired a Mauser. Uh, I can't remember at all, but it was. Oh, a three fifty seven. I ran off on that one. But and a forty five. The point is, uh, she did it and she got past that block and and now she's she's running with the ball.
5: Right. Right. And and uh and it wasn't just your shooting skills that uh, advanced. There was also uh it was also a good bit of philosophy that uh, that apparently you altered and uh, I think it's gonna yeah. make you uh puts you in a better position to mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. to defend yourself and your loved ones so so that right. was great well the uh the movie is narrated by Charlie Daniels and in my when I was doing a write up for the show earlier today uh, I wrote in there that you know I always I always knew he was a great guy great music and that uh you know he was a guy, he was a man to ride the river with uh, until this until the the movie came out, though. I never really knew
6: what a devoted patriot he was. Well, the funny thing is we we looked... For years, we did national TV commercials out in, uh, in L.A., and, uh, and I knew from dealing with advertising agencies how much they will pay or clients will pay for celebrities to say, this is wonderful, because if a celebrity says this is wonderful, they'll buy it. I knew the key to getting this thing... You know, uh, head and shoulders a little bit above the average film was get a celebrity, but try to get a celebrity to come out on these issues, and it's virtually impossible um, because they're always looking over their shoulder. Well, I started. Somebody said you ought to look at Charlie Daniels' website. It's CharlieDanielsBand.com, and he has a soapbox that he does. He writes for frequently, and I started watching what he was writing and while he was on it. In fact, last week he came up with a, a tirade about the, uh, the Obamacare passing, and uh, and it, it made the news. So obviously, that's great for us. And I knew that we could we could co the fact that if people, if Charlie said, listen to this, and he wrote the most amazing um, original uh, song for it, which is under the credits at the end, all about the new world order. And uh, you know, it's just pe- people are. It's just made a huge difference, and I think I think eventually once this it catches, it'll it'll really uh, a, lo- a lot of it will be because of him. Um, oh, let me digress one second because of the type of show yours is. Uh, back to General Boykin, when he was in Grenada, uh, he was uh, he was in a helicopter, and they they came upon a Cuban uh, position on a hill, and they started taking fire, pitch caliber fire, and he was
4: hit.
6: <laughs> he was hit in the arm, which nearly ripped his arm off, as you can imagine. And so they had they had no more aircraft on the carrier, which was close to him, except one helicopter, which was in uh, in maintenance and basically was was uh, deadlined. Was not supposed to fly. And so it just he, he had uh, he told I went to uh, we went to Houston this weekend. He was speaking at a church there and told the story. But basically, he didn't know it at the time. But it was a friend of his and when they when he found out it was to fly it, and when he found out uh, that it was his that it was him out who, who was down uh the friend just grabbed the helicopter and left <laughs> and so they went uh, with that ha- aircraft that was not supposed to be flown, and they picked him up and saved his life and saved his arm and uh but um i i am afraid to even think what it'd be like to be hit with a fifty anywhere, yeah uh I'm
5: surprised that he had any part of his body left. If he got hit with a 50, that used to always be one of my one of my great fears was that I was going to get hit with a 50 caliber round in uh, in a delicate area, and
4: uh, <laughs> and
5: uh, to have I just uh, it was a completely irrational fear. But you know what? Every once in a while, I would catch myself, especially if you could if if you could hear rounds being fired. I catch myself with my hand trying to protect the area which of course as you know is ridiculous because the 50 caliber you know it, it it'll travel several miles it'll go uh it'll go completely through a uh, an APC as I found out very quickly it'll go through one side of my APC and out the other so my little my hand was not going to do any good I still always had that uh, that irrational fear. So ran, him taking a round in the arm, the arm being left at all, is pretty amazing. I think
6: you said it was a it was a glancing shot, but even even anywhere within inches, your body seemed like it would just. I don't know. But uh, where were we? You were you had asked something, and I got off on that. Uh,
5: well, I I had asked about, uh, or I wanted to. To talk about uh, uh, Charlie Daniels doing the narration about him being such a uh, such a wonderful patriot, and then also the fact that he wrote the uh, uh, the uh, uh, not the theme the uh,
6: yeah it's, it's an original it's not an original score because they have other music it's just the the theme song which is six minutes at the end it was funny how that happened because um, I again, trying to find a celebrity that, that was right, that would do it, I, I just, it took forever to get in touch with his manager. Then I sent him the script in, in Tennessee and Nashville, and I uh, actually live in Lebanon, and um, and he got back to me a couple weeks later, and he said, you know, Charlie's had a stroke, and he's pretty much said he's not doing anything extra, but but I'll, uh, I'll give it to him because I know this kind of stuff's near and dear to his heart. So he did, and Within a couple of days, Charlie called. to I'm going to be in San Antonio next week. I want to meet you. I said okay, and we went over there and uh, and had a long talk. And he and he and I and he said I'll do it. Be in Nashville in, in ten days or where it was. And by the time we got there, he had written that song and they recorded it, and it was pretty amazing. And we think if it ever if it, we never get it to break into the country music world, there's a huge a huge audience that we can open up, and of course we feel the faith based world and then all those people out there uh three hundred plus million Americans that are confused about what where, where we're going here uh but um we've had it in a theater and it looks great on a big screen and and I've always shot thirty five millimeter film, and this is the first time we've done video, so it I was crossing my fingers, but it it worked. <laughs> And, uh, oh, you know, the,
5: the the cinematography, I want to tell folks real quick when you mention this, that, uh, and if you guys go to, uh, I don't know if you can get to it from the Behold a Pale Horse dot TV, uh, but Chuck has done some fantastic work over the last couple of decades. Uh, a great deal of cinematography and stuff uh, in his commercials and stuff like that. Really beautiful work. And you're switched over to video for this one, but The the folks I've talked to that have seen it have just been amazed at the quality uh, uh, of the uh, uh, of the photography. I mean, it's just it's absolutely
6: beautiful. I appreciate that. We we started uh, well. It it was for what we did, which is three hour and a half films. It's it's not exactly a huge budget, and uh, it makes it difficult when you have limited resources. But we, we were able to. Get it done, and uh, and I was especially proud of the Washington crossing the Delaware sequence. With yes, Charles.
5: that's exactly what I was going to say. That the scene of Washington crossing the Delaware, and then all of the Alamo stuff is just—it's beautiful. It's just—it it really surprised me because I wasn't expecting to see that that level there. Not, and I'm not saying that I'm I was surprised because of you. I'm just saying I didn't know that that you were going to. We were going to invest that amount of money and time in the in the project
6: well what I wanted to do i mean obviously well you know I can express my opinion, and my opinion is fully uh that we are losing our country and and there's um, countless reasons for it, but it's all part of a globalist agenda and i I wanted to end the film with a dramatic note which as a Texan, six generations, the Alamo kind of comes to heart. And we live very close to where they filmed the last Alamo, the Billy Bob Thornton version. And that set was still there. So we, one of our investors knew the people and we got access and over there shot a reenactment of, of an element of the Alamo drawing a line in the sand. And I thought, what better possible way to get the point across to people? Because that's still, a, Texas or not, a universal concept to most Americans that, you know uh, drawing your line in the sand, and that's really the bottom line because if we the people don't you know the big the big thing that I pondered for so long and tried to come up it's easy to come up with the problems, the solution is obviously a much more difficult but but was what is the solution, and the only thing I've been able to come up with you know is wear your knees out praying and get off the couch and do something and Drawing your line in the sand is part of the get-off-the-couch thing. And everybody, there's no, I mean, this is what we can do because we know what to do film, but everybody can do something. doesn't matter if you're licking stamps and sending that letters to people. Everybody can do something. And if everybody, uh, collectively, and I hate that word in a communist sort of sense, but if everybody got off the couch and did something, and and if making their neighbors aware of nothing else, then we can turn this around. But I'll tell you this, if we don't do something, uh, I think we're toast. And uh, I I think it's self-evident by all the things that have happened the last four years. And it, this is not an issue of Obama. If we only got someone in the Republican Party, everything's fine. It's it's all the same. It's, it's so much deeper than that. That's why it took us three years, and that's why there's three hour-and-a-half films, because every time you peel a layer of the onion, there's another dark, issue under it, and it's just kind of overwhelming, but uh, you just got to kind of keep it simple and realize that, um, you know, if we just keep our eye on the ball as far as the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, where we came from, who we are, and say, I ain't going to let this happen in my country, as the General says, or as he says, we were all born for such a time as this, um, I think think there's hope, but... uh,
5: it's well. Time. The guy that you have uh, playing uh, uh, General Washington in the show, he is excellent. You know, he's been doing it. He's been doing it for a number of years, and he is very, very uh, uh, knowledgeable on Washington, and uh, and he's been doing, it, uh, bringing the information he has to the folks uh, by way of his. Washington persona for quite a while, and he does an absolutely fantastic job of it and he and he does the same thing in the movie. He does an absolutely fantastic job uh in the movie of lending Washington's words uh to the movie and at the same time lending uh or portraying the washington not not the washington that uh, that necessarily that we all want to see. Crossing the Delaware, chopping down the cherry tree. But the, the Washington that I believe, is historically
6: accurate as possible. Well, we, as a director, we were horrified as to what we'd gotten ourselves into because we were to leave to go and film the boat scene across the Delaware at Valley Forge simultaneous to some other people that were speaking there that we wanted to get in the film. And we left with only half to $60,000 we needed to go do that part of the film, that sequence and uh, not just the boat but the speaker and And I said, you know what, I'm leaving anyway, let's go. We got an RV, we got halfway up there and the money appeared but we were still that far away before we had a Washington and we were beginning to lose it and uh, one night Anita, just for entertainment brought uh, a DVD home to watch. I need to tell them the story, and and it turned Well, no, I just
1: found uh, the Revolution, which was a nine-part series, and we're always interested in anything historical. And that's it. probably everyone that listens to your show has seen that one. But if you haven't, I would recommend the Revolution. Anyway, um, it George Washington in there is is our Mark Collins, and he's fantastic in in that series also, although he has no speaking parts because it's it's mostly a voice over or a, a narrative with, you know, just the action behind them. But that's how we found him, and now he's he's turned into a wonderful friend. He lives fairly close to where we are, two, three hours away from us, and he's a it's Baptist funny. preacher. That that he says he the fact that he's a wonderful actor and a father of, I think, five or six, kids that were all homeschooled, wonderful family, just incredible human beings. So we've we've made a lot of friends along the way, too.
6: (laughs) He lived in Yorktown, Texas. (laughs) Right. And I spoke
5: to him, uh, I guess, a a year or two ago about doing doing a project or doing something with the Appleseed Project, and that's that's still a possibility. I'd love to have him do something uh, with us i just haven't found the right thing yet the right way to do it
1: well, well he's a, I... he's a wonderful speaker he was just at the texas uh republican convention and spoke in front of 17,000 people there no problem at all he's he uh delivered two prayers and two speeches and he showed the trailer for behold a pale horse america's last chance and uh they
6: actually, actually did it, in, it was sort of a special, crafty thing, way. special thing that we cut for him because I knew he would just have a short time. He was asked to speak to, He's a Baptist preacher as well, and uh, and he he saw it as a great opportunity, and he said, cut a special little thing that you think would be the best put forward on the film. And so I recut a little trailer, which started with the scene of Charlie Daniels saying, uh, 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 you know, we're... I what he said. Something like, there's traitors among us, we need to have a hanging. And then he starts laughing, so it's a joke. But the next scene, <laughs> it says revolution. The slate comes on a period thing I put together. It says revolution in Texas. And then it unfolds the Alamo reenactment, where Travis Draws line with in. And then Charlie's song. Well, they played that, believe it or not, in front of 17,000 people with our website on the end of it on six feature film size. Screens, movie screens, simultaneously, and it was the best advertising you could ever have. And but he's just you know that kind of guy. And to give you a little more about him, he, uh, I think when Washington was fifty, an artist did a life mask, a plaster life mask of his face to use you know later to flesh out and make a, use for a, a, a painting he was doing, and that still is is around. And and someone compared and and. Uh, Mark, on his website, has what he calls a split face. It shows his face, because he didn't just happen into this. He is an amazing double for Washington. And uh, he's got this split face of the real Washington life mask and his the other side of his face. And I, it's it's eerie because I defy you to almost mix it up and say which one is the Washington, which one's him. So he's he's just really into it. He looks at that as his calling to... to you know, from the pulpit, which you don't hear that much these days, uh, talk about political issues, and to uh, to illustrate uh, the real founding fathers, and, and well, he does an amazing job of it. And I think you should use him, and I think he would do it. Well, you know, when we were talking about this a while back, uh,
5: and the narrator hasn't been uh, hasn't been worked out yet, and you and I were talking about uh the different folks and uh one of the, the names you brought up was Willie Nelson and I was thinking uh, I remember telling you please please no uh, I love Willie but it just would not have had the same uh uh would have had the same impact you know what I mean uh, yeah
6: I think I, I think, think that uh, so he has that that sort of Norman Rockwell Americana aura about, about him that appeals maybe more widely, Willie has that same aura, but it, it's in a different way. But but I can tell you that Charlie is is a dedicated and faithful Christian. Uh, when we were filming in this little log cabin in Tennessee, it was beginning to snow. It was in, in November, and it was really cold. And we took a break. And in fact, the only heat we had was in the fireplace the log cabin. But um, we came out. He took a break, and there were about seven or eight guys running around in orange jumpsuits, uh, cleaning up trash on this little park Where we were filming, and he yelled booming across the the, uh, air, the area around the cabin. He said, "Come here, boys. We're going to pray." And they all shuffled over there, and and he made them hold hands, and he started praying. And the sheriff that was with him came up, and he was not quite sure how to handle it, but uh, anyway, he is uh, he walks the walk, and he is uh, I think a great a great patriot, and if nothing else because of his position, the fact that he calls it like it is, and uh, these days the people this is we've danced around the issues. the issues are I believe we're losing our country to a globalist agenda, and you can call it fascism, socialism uh, uh communism, whatever international communism, which is probably the closest concept, but all that is controlled by a world elite. Most of your people are going to know this. I'm, uh, I'm preaching the choir here, and the UN has an integral part of it. And as you well know, the UN has the Small Arms Treaty, which the general breaks down in detail, uh, and the Law of the Sea Treaty, which will give all 70% of the Earth's control to the UN. Uh, and so really the, the UN is the uh, enforcing arm of the global elite, which, which are pushing a communist uh, feudal, high-tech feudal system for the world. And Agenda 21 through the U.N. is the the heart of it, and we cover that in detail and will more in Part 2. But Agenda 21, basically, for those who don't know, calls for um, uh, no private property, all water and food controlled by the U.N., um, no sovereign nations, and a reduction of world population by 85 or 90%. And they're not kidding, and we have the documents, and they're implementing it. it. Have been for 20 years, and it is really at the county level in every county in this country, and it, they don't have an agenda 21 sign on the door of the county. It all comes uh, through grants from the government because when Bush one went to the real conference, I think it was '94, and uh, when they really cranked it off, he came back and infused all of these. Uh, uh principles of agenda 21 into uh, the federal government and so there are grants and it's just part of an agenda and um, right right and uh, you
5: know I can tell you I'm not one of those folks that has uh, uh I was looking for my my tenfold hat the other day I couldn't find it but uh, I'm not one of those folks that uh that is really a believer in
4: uh in
5: big conspiracies or anything like that. I, there probably are some, but I just, I've never seen, in my mind, I've never seen humans organized enough to have a, a huge successful conspiracy. But nonetheless, there are literally thousands of groups that are working, and whether they're connected or not, it doesn't matter, because they're all working toward close the same goal, which is to strip uh not just Americans, but every all nations of their sovereignty. You know, we have a uh, we have a uh, a young lady that uh uh, uh Marietta Abels that uh, has been a guest on the show before and she goes from country to country speaking about this very same thing. And you know the United States is not the only ones we we're not the only ones that's worried about it. There are many other countries that are now that are that are waking up to this and saying, "Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is uh, this is a a worldwide problem,
4: and if we don't get a grip on it right now,
5: we're
6: going to lose our sovereignty." It's a global, it's fully a global issue. And in the old days, if you wanted to get away from tyranny, uh, you you went to America. Well, guess what? Uh, i it, it, the only thing really in, in reality standing between global government is a, a sovereign American republic as designed. And as you know, they've been chipping away at the underpinnings of that for several decades, and they're closer and closer. And the purpose of it is uh, world government. And Agenda 21 is the shoehorn, which is getting us there. And, it, for instance, anyone that wants to look at... Uh, Michael Shaw does a wonderful job in the film explaining it. But Look at Freedom Advocates, freedomadvocates.org. That's Michael Shaw's site, and he is in California. He's an attorney, but he has been on this full time now for several years. There are many other people like him, but uh, he just did an amazing opportunity but uh, or, or job with it. But um, uh, it's... It, it, it has absolutely nothing to do with conspiracy except to the people, us, we the people. We're the ones that are being conspired against. The reality of Agenda 21 is concrete, and and that's the thing. Uh, as Jim Morris said in the film, uh, everything you see and hear is controlled by five multinational corporations uh, who... Are part of this agenda, and those those people control not only television but radio, magazines, uh, everything. It's a, it's a Joseph Goebbels uh, heaven in terms of propaganda because it's there, there's an absolute agenda. And
5: well, we know we know that this is true. And I'll tell you another thing. If you want to, you can you can get a, a a better perspective on this if you have a cable or if you have the ability to. Uh, start start seeking out news programs from other countries, okay? And start watching news programs from other countries. Now, I'm not going to tell you that they are all correct either, but in the United States, we only get uh, American news stations, and like you said, those are all mainly controlled by corporations uh, who, are, who pretty much tell uh, the uh, news organizations... Uh, a lot of what they can and can't say, and American media is no longer what it was uh, even just 50 years ago. It's it's now a business, and the and a business is designed to make money, and uh, the way you make money is you have advertising. So you got to have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that's generating a lot of fuss, so that you get a lot of viewers, so that your uh, advertising can be more. Uh, uh, can be more expensive and that's what they do here now if you you can look at a lot of uh a lot of the other different countries and look at their uh news programs and it gives you a little bit more of an insight to what's going on around the world and the things that the rest of the world sees uh as important and uh i, I want to tell folks too that uh that apple the apple project of course doesn't uh we are not endorsing any of the folks in the uh in the movie or any of their opinions uh but I'll tell you this uh that you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be swallowing whole anything you hear or see either. You can take a look at the movie and just because you're watching what somebody says it doesn't mean you have to believe' them or agree with them. The smartest thing to do is if they say something and it's and you think it's of interest to you then you find out you research it you find out what it is if somebody's talking about agenda 21 you don't have to believe what they say agenda 21 is actually set down uh, in stone
6: it's in it's it's all written out you, we you actually have it uh, on, on our website you can download it and it's 400 pages you have to wade through it and pick it out amongst the the, there you go. You can't, and, and I and, believe a, a good part of that
5: was done on purpose. You make it so big that you've got to wade through it to find uh, find the fish hooks and the punji stakes and stuff that are in there. And a lot of the stuff I, I've read and they've been pretty open about. Uh, one of the things that is that you mentioned was the reduction in world population. the 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 folks uh, who are where some of the main movers and stuff in this have stated quite openly and very publicly that they want to reduce the population of the world by 5 billion people. Now, I'm not sure how you do that, but that's their goal, is to reduce the world population by 5 billion people. So uh, you can draw your own conclusions on how that's going to get done, but that's that's one of the things that uh, that they openly speak about. So when you're watching this movie, and I, and I, I urge you to watch it, because there's a ton of uh, of facts in there. These, this this isn't uh, people just spouting off anecdotal stories or uh, or their possible theories on stuff. Uh, this is a a, a huge uh, a huge amount of facts
0: in all of this. You
5: watch the film. You take the parts that uh, you want to
6: learn more about, and you research it, just like anything else you do in your life.
5: You research well, it, you find Charlie out for yourself.
6: Is, Charlie says uh, a couple times in the film, you don't have to believe me, look it up for yourself. And our challenge is, we've got, um, on the website, we've got the bio page, which has a blurb on all the 38 people we found, uh, and their link to their website, and it's just, it's, there's a million ways you can research any of this, but we thought that was just a good place to start for people who really don't know anything. And, and there's so many people like that out there because, uh, you know, the, the one thing, that the huge mistake uh, strategically that I believe they have made is Americans still believe, whether they understand these issues or not, and the thing you got to remember is whether someone has heard of it or not, whether they believe it or not, whether they understand it or not, does not change the reality. The reality is it's out there. The point is...
5: Right. Right. And
6: uh, and,
5: uh, I'll also say that uh, while Appleseed doesn't... uh, We don't have any politics. We don't have uh, any kind of endorsement of any uh, politicians or politics one way or the other we're open to everybody and i and as far as i know uh the folks in your film uh, i believe that there were some uh i don't believe every single person that you spoke to uh was a conservative either were they
1: well it sounds like he's got um uh, <laughs> no there's all different all different philosophies uh politically but everyone in it is very strong about their particular subject. Right.
5: So right. there I mean, are a lot of they,
1: different subjects
5: covered. Right. Yeah. Tell. Uh, uh, I'm sure that Chuck's calling back in. As soon as he calls back in, I'll bring him back on the line. Uh, yeah. And you're right. Every single person you guys had on there, there was nobody that uh, that's interviewed in the film that speaks on the film that is uh, ambiguous or wishy-washy. Each person that you guys have interviewed. Uh, are extremely sharp and outspoken individuals. Uh, they know the subject that they're speaking on. They speak about it from the heart, and uh, they're very engaging. And, they, and, they, and, and each of the pieces, uh, you know, I keep uh, I keep wanting to mention that the film isn't just informative. It's also very beautiful to look at. I mean, the, uh, one of the things that Chuck has is a wonderful eye for the shot. And,
1: he does. Uh, He's, he, may, he may drive people crazy making them, you know, just do just the right, sit in just the right light and everything, but the final product looks pretty nice. So the best way for people to look at it is to look at the trailer, I mean, to to get an idea of what we're talking about is go to the website, which is um, www.beholdapalehorse.tv, and then on the homepage are is um a trailer and more information so you could see the different subjects. But one of the subjects is the constitution and most people that's dear to their heart. There's information about the Constitution, states' rights. We interviewed Senator Key, Charles Key and he talks about states' rights. Um Right. So that that was Any an interesting case? segment.
5: Each one of the people that uh, you interviewed, if you go to the to the website T V, you can click on uh, the interviews, and that will give you a page that has all of the the folks that are interviewed, and it will give you a little bit of a, a bio about each one. and uh, And each one of those folks, as I said, each one of these folks uh, are very well-spoken folks. Stuart Rhodes is on there, and uh, for you guys in the APSE Project to we don't know. Stuart Rhodes uh, was a member of Appleseed before he was uh, an Oath Keeper. He was a member of Appleseed. And he wrote one of the first pieces uh, for Appleseed that uh, we actually used as promo material. That was the SWAT Magazine article that he wrote. And uh, and all of these folks are very knowledgeable in their uh, the fields that they're speaking about. And like I said, and I got Chuck. You're back on the air now, so welcome back. And Sorry. Uh, I was I was uh, uh, I was telling everybody that uh, th- that one of the things I had to keep mentioning is that not only are all the folks uh, well versed in in their fields and well spoken on them, but each uh, but you're you're uh, you're just a, a master of of the shot, and each of these interviews uh, are, are not only uh, pleasing to listen to, but they're they're very beautiful to watch.
6: Well, thank you. Well, I, I, I'm not sure where I dropped that, but I do want to add something that's really important. Edmund Vieira says uh, at one point when he's in the Constitution section, he's a constitutional uh, authority, and he won five cases at the Supreme Court. He said at it's 11:30 at night in this darkness which is upon us, but a lot can be accomplished in 30 minutes, historically speaking, and it's so apropos because I think so many of us—I'm not sure where I dropped out—but think we still live in in America, and it's it's being eroded, you know, by the moment, and uh, and that I think is the mistake the New World Order has made because we're still the stock of the of, of the the people that. Began uh, where this country began, and once once people really understand what's happening, uh, I wouldn't want to get in their way. And um, well, I, let me say one other thing quick. I don't know if we're running out of time, but we are adding a page in about a week on the website. And this is a unique idea to offer to people. I believe the only way to fix this is the grassroots up. Uh, the other direction is kind of, you know, it ain't there. But th- our concept that's unique is. We we will have in about a week uh, an explanation on one of the pages on what we're calling the, uh, the our our advertising theme for this is a quote from Charlie from the film where he says Let's ride, boy, the thousand Paul Revere's, and so we're taking that as our advertising uh, theme and we put it on this uh, one page on the website which is called the Cinema Package or the Cinema Page, and we're we're uh, going to be able to tutor people. Uh, in small town America, and of course you're in the city. That's fine too if you can do it. But in small town America, to go to their local theater and negotiate a deal of two fifty to four hundred dollars to rent a theater, uh, the theater uh, for a showing, we provide a Blu-ray, uh, a film poster, and we will sell DVDs wholesale to people that are doing this because you can actually make a couple thousand dollars if you fill up uh, fill up a theater between DVDs and and the tickets. And the point is. Make a local event out of it. Get somebody who's the local patriot uh uh expert or if you have somebody you can brand like sheriff Mack, anybody uh to to speak afterwards and just make it into an event and uh we've shown it in a theater or two theaters actually it looks great and and there's just something about going in a theater and sitting down with a bunch of people that's very different than watching it on t v and I think if that takes off. You could really, you could just really get, um, get it out in a lot of places that would never, never see it on the big screen. Right.
5: Well, let's talk about that for a second. There have been several screenings already. There was a uh, uh, Fredericksburg screening, right? Yeah. And and then at the Fredericksburg Power. Film Festival, and then there was a recent one, just recently in Austin, right? Uh, no, it was in Lano, Texas, which is near Austin. In Lano, and were gonna, right, right, right. We're going to have another and, in Austin, and there'll be several more. And I know that you 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 copied me on the folks, uh, the organization that wanted to show the film and have all the folks uh, there to speak and I guess have a roundtable on it now. And aren't you getting ready to do to show the film at? Uh, at a really
6: large setup. Well yeah, we've been invited um, there's an organization called Liberty Avengers who's having a two-day event uh, three or four days before the RNC in the uh, Republican National Convention in Tampa which has nothing to do with the RNC, it's just an event in that town and uh, it's called Liberty Avengers, and uh, they ha- the venue happens to have an IMAX theater, and they're going to kind of make it a centerpiece. We'll show it in an IMAX theater. Not IMAX, but just normally, but uh, through Blu-ray. And um, that could gain a lot of attention. Uh, you see, the problem is we can, Anita and I can take this around the town here, town there, you know, for the rest of our lives, but through the Internet, if people, local people all over the country were to notice what I'm talking about and show it in their own in their own time, their own way locally, obviously it gets out,
4: uh,
6: you know, a hundred times more than if, if we do it because for us to do it over and over is very laborious. For a lot of people to get on the bandwagon and do it in their own area, uh, you know, it, it'll get out. And uh, we're not making money on that except we've got investors to pay back and sell them the DVDs wholesale. But an organization, like a tea party or whoever, can make the seating. You charge uh, $5, $6, $7 for, per seat, and you fill up a 200-seat uh, theater, they make money there, and they'll pay for their effort, and they can make money on the on the DVDs, which are, are $19.95 uh, retail. So, you know, the big issue is to get it out there, Um I won't say I don't have some investors calling me saying, hurry up. But, I mean, I've got to do that, but I've also got to, uh, I mean, obviously the game is to get it out there. And we just happen to be in the right. The, it's a perfect storm because of the election coming up. This isn't going to change the election. The election's already right. figured out. Uh, right. It's its just that people are stirred up and they're more willing to listen. That's the point. These issues are not going to go away no matter who's in. Uh, well,
5: when you and I were talking about this uh uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, and then again today, uh, I, I told you what I thought is that uh, that that the the folks are going to be speaking about a lot of stuff that maybe uh, that some of the people who are going to watch the film haven't heard of before, and and there a, a lot of it may. Uh, may be uh be brand new to you or you may not understand what they're talking about, but once again, I'm going to go back to what I said before, and that is <clears throat>
4: the
5: whole idea of this is to get the information out to folks uh once the information is out and you you do with it you're you're all grown men and women you do with it what you think needs to be done, nobody's gonna tell you what to do or how you should do it or anything else, but once the information is before is out before you then you take a look at it. You see what you think. If you think it's a bunch of hooey, then that's what it is. If you think it's something that needs to be looked at, then, by gosh, start looking at it. Start figuring it out. Start figuring out what you need to do because just like the, the current economic crisis that we're facing, and it is a crisis, folks, we are now, our debt now, the American debt is now at, at uh, is now exceeding 100% of the uh, uh, GDP. 100% of the GDP. If every American gave every penny they had to the government, it would not pay it off. If every American gave every penny they had to the government, it would not pay it off. And this is not something that we're going to have to figure out because oh, something's going to get bad and you know down the road 15 or 20 years. Something's going to get bad in two years, really, really bad. And the time there's no longer any time available for folks to sit around and say, you know what, man, you know, at some point in the future we need to figure it out, we need to do something, we need to start learning about what's going on in our nation so that we can do something about it. That time has already passed. That 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 was a couple of years ago. We're already at the point that we need each and every American to start doing something right now in order to try and head this off. I don't know if we're going to make it or not, but we're certainly not going to make it if folks don't make the effort to find out what's going on in the nation around them. What is going on, and, and most of this is not hidden stuff. This is the stuff that the, that the folks that uh, Chuck and Anita interviewed for the film, this isn't secret stuff that only only they could find out. This is all stuff that's being done right in front of you, uh, of, of each and every person's faces now. They have such contempt and well-deserved contempt for the American people, that they're not hiding anything. They're doing it right in front of your faces, but they know you're not going to do anything. They know you're not even going to try and find out what they're doing, uh, and they're going to do it right in front of you, and they're going to walk over. They're going to walk straight up to you. They're going to put their hand in, their po- in your pocket, they're going to take every single thing that you own. And they're going to do it right in front of you, because nobody's going to be paying attention. Nobody's paying attention anymore to what's going on around
6: them. Here's here's the thing that that again is is showing your face, and and yet people are in a super because I, even I after I mean I get up in the morning and I look out at the horse and the cattle and I think, well I don't even want to know all this. <laughs> I just don't want to know, and 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 I do know, but but people that don't know. It's easy to understand why they, they don't want to know. But but you know when you talk about thirty thousand drones, you know uh, tactical drones, military drones in the skies over America, and, and Charlie says this in a couple of places. Why does America need that? I'm sorry, the terrorists are not here. If 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 uh, we're concerned, why do we have the TSA if we absolutely have a porous border? Uh, why is it that um, uh, the National Defense Authorization Act authorizes the military for the first time since Reconstruction, dilutes or d- dilu- uh, uh, dissolves Posse Comitatus. Why is it that all of a sudden, since January, or February, whenever he signed it, it's okay to arrest American citizens on American soil without due process and hold them indefinitely? You go tell people right. that average person on the street out, and they'll, uh, I mean, they'll keel over because. They think you're a total Martian, and it's reality. It's the law. Why
5: right. are
6: all these? And things just like you disgusting? said, you brought up a very important point, Chuck, and that is,
5: it. it even folks, even folks like you and me, because I, I do the same thing. <laughs> I look at it. I, I look at this this tsunami of information, of bad information, that I'm having to listen to and, I, and having to read, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. I think, oh my gosh, I, I don't. I, I just want to close my eyes. I I don't want to have to get involved in this because it's too much. But, but we can't. We can't. We got to somewhere somehow. You're going to have to pick some small piece of it, and you're going to have to bite bite into it and hold on to it. And you're going to have to help figure out how to defeat that one small uh, piece that you're holding uh, in order for us to safeguard and preserve the liberties and freedoms
6: that we have by virtue of living in this nation at this time. Well basically globally like i said when we first began there there cannot be global government uh if there's a uh, a a free american republic based on the founding principles all of this this collapse uh the, the proposed uh north american union combining mexico and and canada uh uh, global uh, uh, one world currency. Uh, you know the Law of the Sea Treaty, where the UN basically controls the world. Uh, RFID chipping. Do you know that in the original form of the Obamacare, uh, there was a provision for all Americans to have an RF embedded RFID chip, with the excuse it would be comfortable for your medical records. Um, right. Uh, and and that was taken out because it's so controversial. Now I don't understand technically where it is but it's sort of uh, floating along the side uh, of it in some provision. Uh, but, you know, I was I was raised in a small town in Texas, and when I was growing up, it was all about mom and apple pie and going to church and football games. And, and you know, like I said earlier, we lived in Norman Rockwell, America. Well, what place in Norman Rockwell, America, is there for the military to arrest you in this country, uh, for drones to spy on you? for RFID chips and roadblocks, the Viper teams that TSA has, has is about to roll out, which would be arbitrary roadblocks all over the country, so you can see your papers. I mean, w- w- why does America need that? Right. Uh, if you will indulge me, I want to read something real quick from from Romans. It's Romans 12.2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um it's it's time for people to uh take notice because we are we're in deep trouble and I don't know if it can be turned around and I, I talk to uh all these people and people they know and and the general and all these people all the time and and um it's uh I I I'm an optimist but um, there is a limit uh, to where, you know, we're, there's going to be a tipping point And if we don't wake up, uh, in fact, that's why most people think the New World Order is ramping up this concept because they know that people are waking up. And if they wake up too quick, we'll, they'll it'll spoil their plan uh, because they've been doing a fantastic job with uh, incrementalism for decades. But they're ramping it up because we are waking up.
5: Well, let's talk about uh, real quickly about the uh, about the reason that you asked uh, uh, for apple seed. Are you, you allowed apple seed to be included in this? And that is, uh,
6: uh, well, you tell us. You tell us why. Why you had apple seed in there? Well, it's, I think it is self evident that uh, the concept behind that, without saying it, and that is that. You know, we we began this country with a revolution, and and in the opening of the film, George Washington walks up. We filmed at Oak Alley Plantation, which looks very uh, colonial, which is it's eighteen or 90, early nineteenth century near New Orleans. He walks up and he says, "Our revolution becomes your revolution." And I'm not I'm not urging anyone to do anything. I'm just telling you what's wrong. I don't know what's going to happen, but the thing is, if if your average Joe becomes a minute man when the time comes there's there's a chance and and um and so you don't you don't learn that by by not not going through the process of learning it and I think y'all are doing an excellent job teaching people fundamentals which which
0: for no other reason
6: uh, are, are are right. <laughs> and, right. And when yeah. you and you I were talking
5: longer, about it you said uh that there's a lot of people in the film that are going to be putting out uh, information. They're going to be putting out uh, things that uh, uh, that there may not be uh, a good or readily uh, usable uh, answer to, or to the problem, etc. And that one of the reasons that you included Appleseed was because they are the Appleseed Project is uh, is one of the possible solutions to the problems that we face, and that is getting people awake and aware off the couches, getting them involved uh, first by, by getting them to the range and getting them to uh, participate in uh, in the heritage of shooting, and then to listen to the history of our nation and understand, because one of the things we teach people at the Apple Feeds is that each and every American has a non-delegatable responsibility to safeguard the freedoms and liberties uh that this nation provides to them each and every person has a responsibility, and that's what we teach at appleseeds and that's one of the things that's one of the things that's going to help us turn this around and that's making sure that people are aware that that you cannot you cannot depend on somebody else to solve this problem for you. you're going to have to bite off as big a piece as you can chew and and make the attempt at Fixing it yourself You can't have your mom do it Or your dad or, or your brother Or your sister And you certainly can't depend on your congressmen Or senators to do it You're going to have to take this bull by the horns yourself And you're going to have to wrestle this problem to the ground And figure out a way to fix it And that's what we're trying to do at Apple Seeds And, and I hope that's what comes across in the film Because we're in the Apple Seed section of the film Is not me uh, Talking about uh, anything Other than the Appleseed project and what we do and how we do it. And, uh, and and of course there's a quick uh like a quick three second shot of, of my daughters and Tommy Newton's daughters uh yelling we are the solution because they are. The kids, everybody. You have a, a section of the movie that shows uh goes slice by slice different people in their daily lives and the uh the the chorus for from each one, the refrain from each one is that we are the solution. I am the solution. This is the solution. And that's what it is. We can't depend on anybody, any organization. We have to depend on ourselves and we have to get enough of us awake and working on this problem to get it fixed.
6: Well, I I think that um it, it always comes full circle to that concept which is we the people are the solution. And we the people, as you say in the film, are the government, but we're not the federal government. We are we the people, the government. And and that has gotten virtually 100% lost uh, in the recent past. And, you know, um, I mean, when you hear stories like George Soros, a George Soros company owns the company in Spain, which is going to count three-quarters of the national election ballots. You have to, I mean, just that single thing would have to make you start asking questions. And, um, Anita, what is, you know, we don't have TV, so we read a lot, and I'm the world's worst. What is the book I'm reading right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which one?
6: (laughs) The the Uh, Revolution.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. um,
6: It's by Shara. Oh, I don't
1: know. You're putting me on the spot.
6: It's, 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 uh, Something like drifting or, or moving towards the revolution, or something. like that. That's not the name of it. But the point is, it leads up uh, for about six or seven years prior to 1776 to things that were going on on both sides of the pond, and and it just it just brings to mind today people don't really realize, or most people don't really realize, we have taken the insult of tyranny a thousand times worse than the people of the colonies at that time. And look what they did. Uh, in the film, someone someone asks Washington, uh, uh, well, Vieira, uh, makes the statement, um, what would the founding fathers have done? And he looks right at the camera, kind of surprised, and he says, well, what did they do when they were here? And the point is, I, I the point is I don't know what the an, the point is the answer is it's just that we you know at the at the rate it's going and in the direction it's going uh, we we are not going to have a recognizable country in just a very short time and right. it's based on a global, a global agenda well uh, folks so i point I'm, again, I'm with Washington maybe this is real simple simplistic. And it was maybe at the time because of the time, but when Washington said avoid global entanglements, uh, I, I I'm sorry, I I just feel like I really don't care what else goes on in the world. I don't care about globalism. I don't. It's not such a high tech world that we can't take all our industry back and be the people we were, the the amazing position we were in after World War II, uh, except for the people in Washington. Uh, you know. If we uh, are are as strong as we could be and as good as we could be and and revered around the world like we once were uh, instead of hated around the world like we are, uh, you know, just think of the good that could be accomplished. And um, how do we get that back? Uh, I think it's going to be uh, at some level divine intervention or... um, Uh, and or uh, God helps those who help themselves. But, uh, you know, it always drives me crazy. And and like I said, I'm a retired army officer. So I have gone around a thousand times like everybody else saying, God bless America. And that's good and it's well-meaning. But look at what America has done. We have 60,000, 60, we we have a tremendous number. I'm I'm a little late and I haven't eaten. uh, Abortions in this country. We have just an amazing amount of infringements on what we're supposed to be about we're no longer the good guy and and uh i think it's time people said bless god america because if we will have a revival and return to god as part of this process then i think we will not be under the judgment we are because we we are uh not a favored nation uh in, in a favored nation status anymore, and uh, to my mind. And, again, that may sound like heresy, but, you know, I've served my country, and I'm an old fool, and I, I'm just doing what I see, and, and, and all you have to do is look because it's all out there. Right. Well, now, okay, folks,
5: folks wanting to get a copy of... Uh, of the D V D, Behold a Pale Horse. Uh how can
6: they get a copy of this? Uh just go to our website. It's it's uh behold www. I don't think you ever need to use that anymore, but anyway, behold a T V. And uh on the home page there's a, a, a picture of the DVD, and you can click on that. It goes to Amazon where we it they they are doing the fulfillment of it. And um pretty soon uh we're not sure when because it takes them a long time to get it worked out, but it'll be a streaming, pay-for-play streaming that you can download, uh, but it's not actually on there yet. But you can get the DVD uh, directly like that. All right. And secondly, uh, I'm going to a page, website page uh, where you can, and this all is through Charlie has nothing not do with us, but it's just on our page where you can, it's a pay for play, I think it's a dollar, I'm not sure, uh, to listen to the original theme. And, uh, it's pretty moving, and, uh, but that's on our website as well under the, uh, original music icon. Okay.
5: And, uh, I'm going to give away a, uh, a copy of the DVD to, uh, uh, to the first caller that can tell me uh, when the the Declaration of Independence was uh, signed. All right, we know that uh, it was uh, presented to the American people on July 4th, but when was it actually signed? All right, we'll take uh, take the first caller that uh, that can answer that question. And, uh, and they'll get a copy of the, of the, uh, the DVD. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Chuck and Anita, I want to thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time out to come on the show and talk to the folks about the, uh, uh, about the film. And, uh, I can tell you guys, I've seen it and, uh, I think it's fantastic. I don't agree with everything uh, that's said in the film, but uh, that's not unusual. I don't agree with the, with everybody on everything anyway. I, I've listened to what the folks have to say, and I use my best common sense. And the things that I think that needed more looking into, I've already started looking into a, a lot of them. And the, uh, the things that I think are hooey, I still think are hooey, but I'm going to check out... Uh, I'm going to research all of this stuff anyway, and I advise you to do the same. Uh, I'm never going to tell you that you should read something or listen to something or listen to what somebody says and swallow it hook, line, and sinker. It's the most dangerous thing you, that, that any American can do. Uh, you are dependent on to to listen to folks, to listen to things, and then make your decision uh, best on, based on... Uh, on common sense and the facts that you yourself
6: uh, have figured out. Uh, is there anything else you want to, guide you to get out to Chuck and Anita? No, we really appreciate you having us and uh, and don't mean to seem radical if it does to some people, but, you know, uh, I I my challenge to anyone is, especially if you just, just the issues in the film, go to the bio page and look up the link for the people that are various, the various speakers. But, you know, um, I'm not... Into sensationalism. I'm just trying to do what I can to to help, and and um, there's absolutely nothing at all in any one of the three uh, parts which is not based on just historical reality. So our challenge is for people to look it up for themselves, like Charlie says, and and um, you know go from there. But thank you for having us, and uh, we we really appreciate it. Right. Thank you guys. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Anita, and uh, God bless and keep you guys,
5: and uh, be careful on the way back to to your off-the-grid secret (laughs)
4: location.
1: (laughs) We'll try not to run into any jackrabbits or deer or anything like that on our (laughs) way
5: back. Listen, we'd like to have you guys uh, come on again, uh, uh, maybe in a few months. Come on again and talk to us about it again, because between now and then, you're going to go through a bunch of more uh, uh, interesting situations, and you're going to find out some more stuff. And
6: uh, one last question: When, uh, when uh, do you see the last uh, uh, parts two and three being released? We're we're about half edited, and as always, we're still raising a little money for the edit on that. And and uh, but I'm hoping to have part two and part three out by before the election. Not that the election's a turning point, but just as a time frame, and we're still going to film. We we thought we were done, but so many things have happened since we quit shooting that we're going to film a couple, three more people. And uh, and and for those of you who are aware of these issues, you look at this, you may say, oh, this is Pablum. I've heard all this before. Well, really it's designed for as a primer for those people who really just don't know. But for those of you who do know, part two and part three are going to be ramped up quite
1: a bit. So... Uh, There'll be much more to disagree with,
5: Scout. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And listen, I'm gonna tell you guys one last thing too, the folks listening. If any of you guys has uh a uh uh a big uh chunk of change in your pocket, I don't know how big it has to be. Uh but uh I believe and you can tell me if I'm right or not, but you guys are still accept uh uh are still open to investors in the project, right? Actually we we're
6: at a point where uh, we're going to sell some of our own shares, and we can we can take donations. But we have technically sold out, you know, the the position. We could go and raise that, but it might take three or four months, uh, the amount to go back to everybody and start over. But I'm hoping to do it much sooner than that, so we can get this thing out. And and uh, but we are going to sell some of our positions so we can do that. And. Uh, and, uh, before, but I don't want to waste a bunch of time here. I know you got more show, but I want to tell a story on Anita real quick. We, we, the other day, we don't have air conditioning, so, and we live on the second floor. So the other day, and the cattle come up every morning, we feed them. And, and the other day, um, uh, we have a few calves, a few new calves. And, uh, we have one black bull calf. And Anita looked out the window and she said, what have you been feeding that, that, uh, that black calf? What do you mean? I, I got up and looked. She didn't have her glasses on, and there's a two thousand pound bull out there that had jumped the fence because of the cows we've got, and uh, and she didn't have her glasses on. She thought that was the calf. And, I mean, <laughs> the difference between a six month old calf and a two thousand pound bull is pretty different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen.
5: Uh, thank you guys once again for taking the All time right. out to come on. You guys will come on and. Uh, uh maybe in a couple months and we'll talk again okay
6: yeah anytime thank you Scott all right
5: thank you very much god bless you guys uh and take care of you and uh, and we'll see you uh, down the road
6: all right thanks so much Bye. thank all you right. good night thank you
5: ma'am okay guys uh it's already 8:55 here in the central time zone i burned up this uh, the whole two hour block. So what I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to uh I'll have to run another show uh and I'll I'll listen to some of the advice from the chat room. And I'll have to run another show. I don't know if I should do it uh at the next scheduled date, at the next Thursday when we'll probably have most of the listeners, or if I can if I should run an uh, I M C show tomorrow night. So I'll I'll Oh what whatever you guys say in the chat, I'll take that uh uh into consideration here and I'll try and figure out uh, how to do that. So we're just about out of time. I got enough time to run through the uh the callers that are holding online and I'm gonna take you in the in the order that uh that you have that you're holding on here. All right. Uh first caller, Erica, code three two one. You're on the air, three two one five seven eight. Okay. Uh, caller Eric Cook four one two three two seven you're on the air Uh hi Scout it's it's me
3: Ed I just wanted to answer your question but I didn't want to win. You what now? You know, you had your question for the Pale Horse uh DVD
4: Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, Go ahead. I, I, when was the, when was
5: the document signed? Uh, or when, when was the document signed by everybody? Because we know. know that uh, the original document, the uh, the original Declaration of Independence, uh, was only signed by two people uh, on the 4th of July. Uh, Charles Thompson, who was the secretary, and John Hancock signed it on that day. The And the manuscript that was there that day Uh, it has actually uh, disappeared, and we have the original Declaration of Independence. It was signed by uh, all of the signers, and it's displayed uh, in the National Archives in Washington, and all the rest of the copies of it, that's where it all came from. The original manuscript uh, is, uh, is nowhere to be found, but only two of those folks signed it on that day. When did the rest of the people sign it?
3: Well, uh, the original approval for the document was actually on July second, seventeen seventy six. Right, right. Uh, I, I, you know, now you got me here. I, I don't know when everybody else signed it. So sorry. You do what now? Uh, I don't know when everybody else actually signed the document. Um, okay. I, I thought I thought you were asking when it was approved. So uh, I'm totally wrong.
5: Okay, Enjoy. all right, okay, let me go on to the next caller. Uh, okay, air code 512659,
1: uh, you're on the air. Okay, um, hello, this is Rachel. Um, so like the previous caller said, the Connell Congress approved the resolution on July 2nd, and that's when John Adams thought our big holiday was going to be. Um, they approved the wording to the declaration on July 4th, but um, to the best of my knowledge, we don't know exactly what date it was finished being signed. I think on August 2nd is when um, the official copy was printed and ready and they started signing it, but it still took a number of months to get everybody um, to the same place because of the war, because of travel, to be able to sign it.
5: Right. Well, that's what we'll take as an answer. The... Uh, the uh, the declaration, Now, I imagine in just a second. We're going to go off the air as far as being uh, everyone being able to hear. It. But I'll announce right now. Rachel got the copy that we're giving away because she was the first person to answer it correctly. The document was approved on the second. It was brought to the uh, uh, it was brought to the rest of the folks and brought to the public on the fourth. Uh, on that day, Thompson and Hancock signed it, and then uh, August second was the, the date of the rest of the signers. Now, there is still a lot of controversy on when all of the uh the signatures finished up on it, but uh that's the date I was looking for. It was August 2nd. Uh okay, Rachel. Uh I guess I'll uh, I'll be seeing you in uh in a week or two, so I'll give it to you then. Uh let me take uh let me get the rest of the The caller's on. Let's see. Who else do we have here? I think that's, uh, I think that's it. Let me see. We got one more here. Area code 626433. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to have to do it for tonight, folks. We're out of time. I'm sure that we've already, uh, passed off of the air here now. I want to thank everybody for listening, and, uh, uh, congratulations, Rachel. And, uh, we will see you guys either, uh, we'll see you guys next Thursday, uh, 7 p.m. Central for sure. And, uh, I imagine that's when I'm gonna, I imagine that's when I'll run the, the IMC show because, uh, I want to make sure that I get it to as many folks as possible. Alright. Thank you all. Uh, God bless and keep you. And we'll see you next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central.
2: They'll knock you to your knees